Welcome to HCS Talks. I'm your host, Superintendent of Hampton City Schools, Raymond Haynes. This is a Hampton City Schools podcast. It is designed to educate, inform, and hopefully entertain our community and beyond. We will talk a lot about different topics related to education, students, teachers, support staff, parents, programs and initiatives, community partnerships, and more. Some of it will just be informative no matter who you are. So we hope you will stay tuned and keep listening to HCS Talks. Today, we are fortunate to have Dr. Porter Brandon with us, who is the president of the Virginia Peninsula Community College. So thank you for being here, Dr. Porter Brandon. I'm looking forward to our conversation about VPCC and the wonderful partnership Hampton City Schools has with you and the college. Before we dive into our conversation, tell our listening audience a little bit about yourself. Well, thank you and good morning and good morning to the Hampton City Schools family. Uh, It is a pleasure to be here. Uh, I am originally from New York City and I've worked in higher education for over 25 years. Uh, It is, uh, I say higher education is my ministry. I love being able to uh, introduce students and families to all that's possible for their lives uh, using education as uh, my platform. I've been at the college right now for a little over three years uh, and I am incredibly blessed to work with incredible leaders like yourselves and people who are just really passionate about the power that education has to transform the lives of not just students and families, but generations that have not even been born yet. Um, One of the things I love about this position is being able to introduce high school students to higher education while they're still enrolled uh, in high school. And so our dual enrollment program is one of the most incredible opportunities for students to get that opportunity. And at Virginia Peninsula Community College, uh, we are one of few community colleges in the Commonwealth that do not charge students or their families a fee uh, for college, for taking college classes. And so I'm excited to be here. I'm excited about the work that we get to do together, the work between the college and um, and the school system. And I'm looking forward to introducing more people to dual enrollment. Yes, ma'am. We've done a lot of amazing things in collaboration with you, Dr. Porter Brandon, and including giving young people an opportunity to take uh, a college course as a rising sophomore. So we'll talk a little bit more about that as we get into the podcast. So why would a student want to take a dual enrollment class and what is the benefit of it? Well, it's interesting that so many students and their families have not had um, an opportunity to go to college. And I believe that if no one in your family, your immediate family has had that experience, college can seem very intimidating. And there are some members of your family who did go to college and didn't do too well. And you may believe that it's too tough or it's too difficult. And one of the best things about the dual enrollment program is that students have an opportunity to sit through an actual college level course and they get to realize that I can do this. It is not as difficult. I mean, it is challenging and it is rigorous, but I believe they get an opportunity to see what it's like to take a college level course 
while still enrolled in high school with teachers that they're familiar with, surrounded by friends, yet still having the support services that they would need to be successful. And so I think it is one of the best ways to explore college, to see what a college level course is like, but to really debunk any theories or feelings or narratives that they may have that college is not for them. And I believe once they get a taste of college through dual enrollment, it will make them want to take more classes. The benefits, I believe, not only to the psyche of the student, but also to the families. And my child is an example. You know, she was able to go off to a university with 12 college credits under her belt. And so the benefit was not only did she get an opportunity to see that she could survive a college level course, but for families, um, knowing that one semester less of college tuition uh, yes. was taken care of by the dual enrollment program, I think that's the greatest benefit is that for families who are looking for higher education opportunities, they do not have to incur the full cost um, of an associate's degree or the first two years of college if they take advantage of dual enrollment. Wow. Wow. That is amazing. So it also, we also look at it from the standpoint of giving young people a sense of hope. Yes. Oftentimes, like all the things you just mentioned, they don't think that they can do it or the parents may have had a bad experience in college at some point in time, but we certainly provide the support and structures around making certain young people are going to be successful. Yes. I think the benefit, like your daughter, my daughter took some dual enrollment classes and it gave her an opportunity to have some of those courses once she got into college. She didn't have to take because she already right. took them through the uh, Virginia Peninsula Community College. So talk a little bit about how that works, though. Once they take, like you said, your daughter had 12 credits and she went on into uh, a four-year college. So how does that work? Are the credits transferable and they make certain that these courses that they're taking uh, do match up or align with whatever university they're attending afterwards. Yes, that's correct. Um, one of the incredible benefits of dual enrollment is you're actually completing your high school curricular requirements while also completing college requirements. And so it's you, you sort of double the, you get, you get twice the bang for your buck and the buck at VPCC is zero. So it's an incredible opportunity to, to allow students to complete college curriculum and their high school curriculum at the same time. So what we do is we ensure that the courses that our um, high school teachers are teaching are applicable to any college in the Commonwealth and right. usually any college in the state. And so the state of Virginia, the Commonwealth of Virginia um, has a program that ensures if you take a community college course, it will transfer to any four-year institution. And so most of the most of the classes include like your general education courses, yes. so English, history, art, psychology, philosophy, even business courses, math courses, and science courses. And so the four-year institutions provide guaranteed transfer for our students taking our courses. And so high school students in dual enrollment are considered community college students. So when you complete a course um, through dual enrollment, not only do you get credit towards the completion of your high school diploma, you also get credit towards completion of any degree, whether it's at Virginia Peninsula Community College or the four-year institution of your choice in the Commonwealth. And more likely than not, those classes, if you decide you want to go to, I mean, our dual enrollment students go to Penn State, they go to NYU, they go to schools in Florida. We have never had an instance where a college, a course completed at our college didn't transfer anywhere in the Commonwealth and anywhere in the nation. So there's a huge benefit and all students have to do is complete the course and the college and the high school will take care of the transferability of the credits. Well, I certainly hope our listening audience heard that. And if, if they didn't, that re they rewind <laughs> and listen to it again because it's very powerful information and it is at a very uh, substantial cost savings to families as well. And you go on to...
a four-year college with some dual enrollment classes already under your belt. And we know initially that first year you're taking a lot of general distribution courses. And this could certainly offset that as they move on from uh, post-high school years and go on to a four-year university. So what can a student, you spoke a little bit about this already, what can a student expect when they take a dual enrollment class and what resources are available to them through VPCC? Thanks. I'm so glad you asked that question because I don't know that many high school guidance counselors, students or parents understand that when you are taking a course at VPCC, you're entitled to some of the same resources um, that students taking classes on campus are. And so if you're taking a course, for example, at any one of the high schools in Hampton, you can come and use our tutoring center. Like you have access to the tutoring center. We welcome students to come to our college events. Like you are a VPCC student. And so you have access to all the services, to academic advising if you want to. Uh, We have dual enrollment counselors that that our students have access to, tutoring services. And so as a VPCC student, you have the rights to utilize all the services that we offer on campus, even though you're taking a class at the high school. So you can come down to the college and say, I'd like to see a tutor uh, and set up time to see a tutor or speak to an advisor about a course you may be taking or career interest that you have. And so I don't know how many of our high school dual enrollment students know that, but as a VPCC student, you have the same rights to all the services that we offer students taking classes on our campuses. That's remarkable. So it's like we say dual enrollment, but that word dual comes in other factors as well because you look at it, support that VPCC provides, but also the support and resources already at their respective schools. So. It's a total wraparound service Absolutely. and ensuring that young people are going to be successful when they enter or take a dual enrollment class. So each of our four high schools offer dual enrollment opportunities for students. However, we know at Phoebus High School, we have an academy specific to dual enrollment for our students to earn an associate's degree prior to them walking across the stage to receive their high school pr- diploma. This academy is actually the Virginia Peninsula Community College Academy of the College Experience, or as we often call it, ACE. It was our first named academy. So let's talk about that partnership, Dr. Porter Brennan. Yes. Well, you know, when you attend commencement exercises at VPCC, we like to make a lot of noise uh, (laughs) for the graduates who are coming through the ACE Academy at Phoebus. It is It is an incredible feat. I mean, everyone's always enamored that you have students who are about to receive an associate's degree a month before they receive their high school diploma. And that should be applauded. It is an incredible feat. Many of those students, that might be the first degree and their last degree. They could be the first persons in their families to earn a college degree. And so it's an incredibly exciting opportunity and time for us to celebrate the students coming out of the ACE Academy at Phoebus. But what's really more important is understanding how rigorous that it is. I mean, I was an honor student as as a young person. There is no way, I don't think there's any way I could have completed an associate's degree while completing my high school curriculum. I mean, these students are incredible. Me neither. <laughs> they're, they're, they're amazing. And they, they are not cherry picked. These are not students who are the cream of the crop. I mean, these are students who receive incredible support from the instructors um, and the administrators at Phoebus. They work really hard. Um, they do incredibly well. It is, it is one of the things that I believe I'm most 
most proud of when it comes to um, dual enrollment. And thus far, uh, Hampton led the way. Hampton led the way in dual enrollment students being able to complete an associate's degree um, while in high school. And I'm hoping that Hampton City Schools becomes a model for not just the peninsula, but for the Commonwealth, because for so many families, being able to uh, receive a college education at zero cost to their families and transfer anywhere they want or get to work. You got to say that again, at zero cost. At zero cost. <laughs> it is. It's incredible. And that's one of the things. I mean, Hampton City Schools led the way. And I hope that we can scale that model up across the Commonwealth and across the peninsula. I'm certainly not just saying this as superintendent, but we will continue <laughs> to lead the way. Continue to lead I the believe way. And I it. like the point that you made. This is this is for all young people. Yeah. You look at this from the equity lens. It's not just the type of student that folks may typically think about that one that may be in the running for salutatorian or valedictorian. Right. This, right. this program is for every young person who desires to uh, be a part of the ACE Academy. And yes. we provide that wraparound support and structures for them to be successful. So I can't say enough about our partnership with VPCC and the wonderful work our teachers are doing around this dual enrollment aspect in the academy. Certainly thrilled to say that 103 yes. of our Hampton <laughs> City School students with 100 of those being a part of the ACE Academy, have graduated with an associate's degree so far. Yeah. So what are your hopes as we continue this academy in partnership? I am definitely always looking to scale. Uh, scalability and sustainability uh, is one of the, the the hopes and dreams I have, not just for our partnership, but for the impact it allows us to have um, on the communities and the families uh, that we serve. I would love for there to be uh, a lot more family education about the, the benefits uh, to dual enrollment. We're still having conversations about whether AP or IB or dual enrollment, if one is better than the other. And I think Think that there are different options for all folks. Um, I always do like to say, though, the only evidence that you can complete a college course is to actually complete a college course. And so what yes, I'm hoping is that similar to um, the, the talking points throughout the Commonwealth is that every high school student will have an opportunity to complete some credential before they leave high school. And I would like to point out that for the first time, I think, um, in a few years, we're going to be able to offer a college education to seniors um, in some of the skilled trades courses. Wow. So if you want to be an HVAC technician, an electrician, um, a mason, a plumber, we're going to be able to offer high school seniors an opportunity to earn an industry-recognized credential in something other than a traditional credit-bearing course. And so you could actually get to work in a high-demand, high-wage job um, after college, I'm uh, sorry, after high school graduation and still come back to VPCC anytime you like. <laughs> you're, you're certainly giving some valuable information, and I certainly hope that our listening audience takes heed to what VPCC has to offer and the resources and support that's out there. Um, it certainly speaks to our our mantra of making certain that young people are college, career, and life ready, and it certainly leads to my next question. So for our students who are interested in the workforce after graduation, what options are available to them in regards to industry certificates? Our students today have so many more options than we had a couple years ago when we were graduating high school. First, I would say the, the labor force is in a desperate need of talent. Uh, and so there's 
hundreds of thousands of jobs in the Commonwealth that are vacant. And so if a student decides that they don't want to go immediately to college, we offer short-term certifications. And I like to say whether you have two months, two weeks, or two years, VPCC has an option for you. So we have welding programs, for example, that are two weeks long, and they can get you into an entry-level um, high-wage position. Two-week programs, they're stackable. Welding one, welding two, welding three. We have two-week programs, two-month programs, um, six months programs. There's so many options depending on how much time you have. And one of the things that and I love... How would they go about finding all of oh, this information? Our website is the best place. Uh, so vpcc.edu uh, under programs. Uh, we separate our programs out by the fields or the industries that you're interested in. And so if you want to do business, if you want to do education or something skill trades, it's really easy. Um, two clicks will get you to the right place. Uh, and so we have um, people who are on stand by either phone or email. And if you express an interest, someone will reach out to you. Um, and students can also do the old school method of stopping by. But, you know, we, yes. we recognize people's time and the complexities um, of their responsibilities. And I would say our website is the best place to start. Um, and then we follow up with students and their families pretty quickly to get them connected to the career of their dreams. So it's vpcc.com. E-D-U, and then they go under programs. Correct. Able to access all of this information that you just shared. So how does a teacher, and one of the things I know continues to be a challenge for us is making certain that we have teachers who are credentialed uh, to teach the dual enrollment courses, challenge in and of itself with with educators and, and them remaining in the professional hall, but the additional challenges once we get them seeing who can be credentialed, who wants to be mm-hmm. credentialed, and that whole process. So how does a teacher, if they're interested in being credentialed to teach dual enrollment at BPCC and Hampton City Schools, how would they go about doing that? The first and most important step is to check with your principal or your vice principals. Uh, and I, that, that's always the first step because we wouldn't want a teacher to do anything independently um, without the approved um, permission of their school leadership. So we always say first, um, speak to your school administration um, because they may have a need um, that you're not aware of. And so that's the first step is to speak to your, your school administration. I will say the second thing that's really important when it comes to credentialing, the in order to be credentialed in any discipline, you need 18 graduate credits uh, in the discipline. And that's really important because if you would like to be a biology teacher, you could actually have a, a degree in chemistry or in art. But if you go to graduate school and you get an additional 18 credits, you could be credentialed, 18 credits in biology, then we could credential you to teach biology. And our dual enrollment coordinators and our vice president for academic affairs works closely with school administration to make sure that the teachers are taking the courses that they need to teach the courses that we offer at the college. And so the first step really is always speak to your school administration. And once you agree on the course you wish to teach or the discipline you, you wish to teach, um, our vice president at VPCC will work closely with the school principal and school administration to make sure that you're taking the specific courses that will count towards your credentialing. And what's interesting is some of the teachers at Hampton City Schools are already, they already have those 18 credits. Yes. So that's why it's important to really speak to school administration because you may actually already have the credential and we just needed to see a transcript. So for some, they may have to take a new 18 credits, and for others, they may already have taken those credits as part of their as part of their training to become a teacher. So with that, I know some of the challenges exist, and I know you said they have to have the 18 graduate credits in the discipline. Um, 
is the state looking at making any adjustments to make the credentialing, um, make making some creative adjustments to ensure that more teachers are being credentialed? You know, it's been a it's been a, a constant request, um, and not just from the peninsula. There, I mean, as you know, there are teacher shortages. Um, there's so many teacher shortages um, in, in the country, and so one of the things that we have been looking at is how do we best credential um, teachers to teach a course. And sometimes, like if you're a student and you come to our, um, if you come to our college, we have something called um, credit for prior learning. So if you've owned a business for 20 years, if you've owned a business for five years and you want to get your degree in business, we're probably not going to have you do intro to business because right. you have life experience that right. says you sort of know how to run a business. Yes. And so I think they're looking at ways to ensure we maintain the highest quality of educators because we want to make sure that anyone we put in front of students um, is able not only to teach the discipline, but also teaching is a skill and an art in and of itself. So to make sure that they actually have the ability to teach, but that they have the training and the discipline. And so I believe there's a lot of conversation around what that looks like and if the 18 credits is still the most effective way um, to ensure that the teacher teaching a college level course is credentialed. And so as with many things, there's a lot of conversations and it's probably going to take a lot more conversations, right. but it is something just the field of education is looking at right now is what does it mean to be a high quality program, but also um, a credentialed instructor. And so we're all having those conversations to address not just the teacher shortage, but you want to make sure that the person in front of the class is preparing the students for their future boss, right? Or for their future university professor. So we often say we're preparing young people for the world they're about to enter, not the world we came (laughs) from. from. So (laughs) I think it it speaks volumes to looking at, if the state is looking at life experiences Mm -hmm. as well, in addition to the 18 courses or in lieu of some of those courses that they would have to take because I think the practicality of it all uh, coupled with the the coursework I think makes for a better instructor altogether and then hopefully uh, producing young people who are ready for life after high school. (laughs) So as, as we wrap up our conversation, is there anything else you would like to share with the listening audience? Two things that I think are definitely worth saying, um, in addition to some of the services that we can provide for students academically, we also provide services to help with the non-academic barriers to higher education. We have a food pantry that is open to all students, but it's also open to the public. So I did want to share that if you're a dual enrolled student or the family member of a dual enrolled student, we do have a food pantry on campus um, and that service is also available. We have something called Single Stop, which helps evaluate evaluate um, folks for any kind of benefits that you may be eligible for, SNAP benefits um, and any kinds of public assistance. And so that's also available to our students. And so I encourage anyone who's listening, if you are struggling um, with some of the non-academic barriers, and that could be food um, and that could be access to clothing, we do have those services on campus as well. So I would encourage folks to um, reach out to us and let us and, and let us help you with some of the things that are non-academic uh, related. And I would love to reiterate, um, fast forward, which is um, funding. It's a funding source provided by the Commonwealth. And that's the funding that's allowing us to help our high school seniors take our HVAC engineering masonry courses. Um, That's the short-term credentialing that will get you into a high-wage job immediately. And so it's not traditional dual enrollment, but it takes the dual enrollment model and applies it to the skills 
coursework. And those are the two week, two month or 16 week courses. And so I, I have to uh, just put another plug in because dual enrollment is phenomenal. But for folks who may be going into a skilled trades, um, the short term skill programs, which are funded by fast forward dollars, helps also make that education free for our high school seniors. That is something I did not know. And I would encourage our listening audience, if you haven't listened to any podcast, you want to listen to this one and <laughs> the resources and support and, and even the conversations and topics that Dr. Porter Brandon has discussed today are just invaluable to the community. Um, we didn't, I would be remiss if I didn't mention, I, don't, I know I mentioned it in the beginning, the uh, we started a few years ago having uh, rising sophomores yes. uh, participate in a dual enrollment course that uh, we have done just based on the thinking and mm -hmm. mindset of you and, and our former superintendent, Dr. Smith. And during that time, I was chief of school, so I was mm -hmm. in charge of putting this all together. But we are getting ready to go into the third year with that, and I just can't say enough about how impactful that is and that sense of hope and confidence that has been instilled in young people who we, we handpicked those young yeah. people from the perspective of saying, this is a person that probably doesn't think he or she can take a college course. This is a person who may have had some challenges in the coursework thus far at the high school level, but we want to show them that they can in fact take a college course with the appropriate structures and support, be successful in doing so. So what are your thoughts on that and how we will look to grow something like that in the years to come? Well, it's interesting. I've worked in two other states, lived and worked in two other states, and high school freshmen were allowed to take college courses at the local community college. Wow. Um, I just left North Carolina and we had high schools on our campuses and students started taking college level courses in ninth grade. Um, so I was, I, was, I was a little surprised when I moved to Virginia and I realized that there was a limit. Um, and so we have to get special permission right. to allow sophomores to take college level courses. And I think the work that we've done together has proved that with the right wraparound services, anyone can be successful in a college level course. And considering the request that we scale up having every high school student leave high school with some sort of credential, I believe we cannot wait until the 11th grade to start that work. And I think everyone knows that when it comes to education, the earlier you introduce it, um, early and often has been a proven model. And so I'm hoping that hopefully at a legislative level, the K through 12 um, and community colleges can work together right. to say there, there are models in the country where 10th graders do take college level courses and we have plenty of models to look at and we have one right here Absolutely. in Hampton. <laughs> and sign me up for it as well. <laughs> I'll be an advocate for it along with you. So thank you, Dr. Porter Brandon, for joining me today and sharing more about the benefits of dual enrollment and all about the Virginia Peninsula Community <laughs> College. I'm sure our listening audience, especially our high school parents or rising high school parents, have learned some important information from you today. And I can't say enough, if you haven't listened to any podcast yet, we want to certainly market and advertise this one because you gave a lot of great information about <laughs> what the college has to offer as well as additional resources and support that's out there as well. And to our listening audience, remember, education is the most powerful weapon you can use to change the world. As one community, one transformation, we will ensure academic excellence for every child, every day, whatever it takes. We'll catch you next week. 
Listen to learn more about Hampton City Schools. New episodes of HCS Talks drop on Thursdays. Subscribe and listen to HCS Talks. HCS Talks is a Hampton City Schools production.